This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? As we approach the end of this year, would you please consider giving a special gift to this ministry? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We have officially entered into the most wonderful time of the year. I hope you feel that way. I know for some, it is also the toughest time of the year. As you think about all the chaos, all the busyness, maybe even the relational challenges and in the midst of all of it, how do you keep it fresh? How do you connect with Christ and find deep meaning in this season where we celebrate the birth and the coming of the Son of God into the world. But we want to help you with that. We want to help to keep you grounded. Maybe you got some gifts you got to go shopping for. Maybe you got some overtime hours you got to put in so that you could take a little Christmas vacation. Whatever is going on in your family, your personal life, I want to also make sure that we are carving out space to connect our hearts and minds and souls with the Savior who loved us so much that he gave his life for us, laying down the glories of heaven, stepping into the fallenness of the world, uh, traversing through life just like we have been traversing through life so that he can be both Savior, Redeemer, Lord, and friend. Today, I really want to help towards that. Before we dive into this amazing resource that I want you to uh, add to your library and introduce you to an incredible guest, I do want to say thank you. It's hard to believe all that's happened in 2023. I mean, as I think about what is going on in our nation, in our world, in our lives personally throughout this year, and the fact that this program has aired every day without interruption, without fail, it's a testimony of God's grace, but it's also a testimony of your support as well. We would not be here if it wasn't for the amazing support of our friends who pray for us and stand with us financially as well. We call those good folks equippers who come alongside this program equipped and uh, pray for us and stand with us financially. I would love to, in addition to say thank you, uh, to ask you to help us to finish the year strong. You know, the doors are wide open for us to walk through to impact this generation, men and women, their heart, the the culture shapers of tomorrow, the thought leaders of tomorrow, to be able to uh, help people to understand the credible reasons why they should turn from sin to Christ for salvation. But all of that is only possible with your partnership and support. So can you help us to finish strong with a generous year-end tax-deductible gift? 
your generous year-end tax-deductible gift will go a long way in helping us to fulfill our mission of equipping Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith. So maybe you can give a gift of $100 or $500, or maybe you can be a $1,000 leader gift. That would be phenomenal. Two ways you can do that. You can either do it as a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. Either way, I want to say thank you for helping us to have a testimony of both spiritual impact and good stewardship. The phone number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Greg Mott is with me today. Greg is the senior pastor of Houston's First Baptist Church, a phenomenal church there in Houston. He also is the founder of Breakaway Ministries at Texas A&M University. That is one of the nation's largest college Bible studies, and I want to talk to him about that. But even more, I want to talk to him about Christmas because his newest book is a Christmas devotional that I would love for you to add to your library and to use this Christmas season. It's called Salvation Has Come. Pastor Greg joins me now. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. Great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Man, how was Christmas in the Mott House growing up? What do you remember most about Christmases as a kid? As a kid, I remember my mom and I going to Louisiana, where my dad and his family also were. And I remember running down the stairs at my aunt and uncle's house. They would make us stand at the top of the stairs until they'd get the video camera out, which was as big as a bus, you know, now compared to what we have. And we'd come (laughs) running down those stairs and they'd have, we'd come sliding in on our knees to all those presents. And that was just a great Christmas memory of being a kid. Now you and Kelly obviously have your own family now thinking about raising your kids. What did you try to do to make Christmas meaningful for your two? Yes, we've we've done a lot of things. We've done an advent calendar. We've done, uh, you know, a Jesse tree. But the thing that stuck the most for us is we would each night get together around the tree, just in our front room and sit on the floor. And we would just read a portion of the scripture or we would read an advent devotional together. And we would just have a little devotional time and then we'd have one of us prayed and we tried to not, you know, make it too long where the kids didn't get bored. But at the same time to have something that was just this, okay, it's December, let's rally together, let's get together as a family, let's take a few minutes by the tree, and now my kids are 22 and 15, uh, so it's just one kid at home now, and my daughter, and so we we miss those days of all of us being around the tree, but we still do it, we still do it, even though she's 15 and my son's in college, uh, we still get together, and we're looking forward to doing that this December as well. Well, brother, let me just say, uh, we uh, have solved that problem of just keep having kids. You don't have to miss them if you just keep <laughs> yeah. having more and more and more, you know. So there's uh, there's five at home in the Brooks clan. And, uh, man, much like you, we've tried to incorporate meaning into this time of year. And it's not easy. Yes. And people would assume that, man, you guys are pastors, so of course it's easy. Uh, but it is not. It's the same busyness. Uh, the same challenges. I got shopping lists. I will tell you, I'm at the point now where I'm just telling my older kids, just text me what you want. 
let's take the mystery out of it. I can follow That's instructions right. way better than I can read minds. So uh, I got that going on. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Trying, to, uh, trying to find meaning in this season. Why do you feel it's so hard for the average person who really does want to put Christ at the center, who really believes that Christ is the reason for the season? Why is it so hard for us to find uh, meaning and connection? I think because there's more pressure than there is peace. And so it's a month of pressure, not a month of peace. Now, it should be a month of peace because, you know, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. We know the story. But there's pressure to to shop. There's pressure to go to. There's a thousand, um, you know, school events if you have kids. We actually um, moved our Christmas party for our staff at church to be a Thanksgiving party. And we do it before Thanksgiving because everybody's so uh, busy at Christmas, they can't, you know, they, they don't want another party. So we, we put it there. And so the pressure that is on us begins to eat away the peace that God wants to do in us. And we've got to slow it down, take a time out. You know, the, we, we want to make sure we get the gifts and the food and all that stuff, but everything's going to the end of the year, whether it's business stuff at the end of the year or the tax year, or it's, you know, school year, shopping, whatever it is. And then sometimes lastly, we, our family's coming or we're going to our family and that can be a trying time as well. That can bring more pressure than peace. And so there's just a lot of things swirling in those 31 days of December or 25 days really until you get to Christmas. One of my favorite authors, Toni Morrison has this uh, famous quote. She says, if you're looking for a good book to read on a subject and you can't find it, it's meant for you to write it. And uh, I love that quote. Right. And it causes me to think about the amazing origin story for your book. Uh, And again, the book is Salvation Has Come, 25 Christmas Devotions in Luke. Now, obviously, there's a lot of Advent devotions that are out there. But in some ways, it seems to me, as I've listened to you tell the story behind this book, it seems to me, Greg, that you, like Toni Morrison, we're kind of at a place where you're searching the Advent literature and kind of got to a place where it's like, maybe I need to write one. Talk a little bit about how this came about. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, we have done, I think, every Advent devotional uh, that you can do, (laughs) you know, all these years. And so we've got, like everybody does, we start bringing out the Christmas stuff. We bring out the Christmas basket of of literally Advent devotionals, which they're great. And I love and know, you know, some of the authors are friends of mine, so I respect it. But I started opening up and it just felt like the same thing. Like we had done this before. And so I thought, "Ah, I don't know, let's, what's something new we can do? But I didn't have an answer. So then as we all do, when you don't have uh, an answer and you're not sure what to do, you mindlessly scroll Instagram, you know, (laughs) or Facebook. (laughs) So here I am bored on my phone and I start scrolling and I get to my sister-in-law's post. And so, you know, she's a wonderful lady. So I, I read it. And it basically was something she had forwarded. She didn't make it up. But it said, if you um, will begin a new Christmas tradition on December 1st, read one chapter of Luke in the Bible each day. There are 24 chapters. And then on Christmas Eve, you'll have read the entire account of Jesus's life. And you'll wake up on Christmas morning and you'll know the who and the why of what we celebrate on Christmas. And I thought, what a great idea. So I started just reading a chapter of Luke every day. And then when I got to about December 3rd on Luke 3, 
I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to write a devotional out of each chapter of Luke. And so every day on the day, you know, the first three days I, I wrote, you know, I had to go back and do days one and two, but pretty much the whole month on the exact day, I wrote the devotional corresponding with a, a verse of scripture in the corresponding chapter of Luke. So December 8th, a verse from Luke 8, December 12th, a verse from Luke 12. And I just challenged myself to do that. And it was so fresh for me, Chris, just personally. And they're not long. It's like 500 words of devotional or something. So it's it's bite sized. You can read it around that tree, and then we started, um, you know, just moving through that. Because one last thing, the every day in December I found feels a little different. The pressure starts feeling a little different around the fifteenth. You know, it, it starts it just it's a different day. So every day the devotion was written on that day. So when somebody's reading it, I'm feeling it, and they're feeling it, and they're, they're walking them through the book of Luke as well. So we get to that candlelight service and you've read the entire book of Luke and you're like, wow, this morning I read about the ascension of Christ and here I am celebrating the birth of Christ. And that really puts it in your heart deeper. Man, I love it. We're going to dive into it after this break, but I'm grateful that in many ways you've pulled from the past and the things that you experienced with your mom and dad, your aunt Cheryl, your uncle Dirk, all those LSU Tiger fans. You pulled right. in all that you've experienced there with your own kids, and uh, you've reflected deeply on the gospel of Luke and put it all into this devotional that's going to help us to experience the joy of Christmas. I know this is a time that's supposed to be marked by joy and peace, but for a lot of folks, it's far from that. That's why Greg has written, Salvation Has Come. It's 25 Christmas devotions in the Gospel of Luke that will take you on a journey that has changed the world and will change your life. We're going to be right back after this short break. I want you to enjoy this uh, wonderful Christmas music and also go to our website, find out more about Greg and the devotion at equipradio.org. We'll be right back right after this. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year, but we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and his kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Pastor Greg Bott is with me today. Man, we want you to get your heart enlivened, encouraged, and connected to the story of our great salvation and even more in communion with our great Savior during Christmas season. We know that the busyness of shopping and cooking and inviting and events and work and all of the lists that go on and on and on can be so intrusive, but we want you to be able to experience the joy of Jesus. So that's why this devotion 
which is easily to read, accessible, is available to you. Find out more about Greg, Pastor Greg, and the resource Salvation Has Come at our website. Order your copy today at equipradio.org. Greg, I'm going to read Luke 128, and I'd love for you to share what this means to you. Luke 128, the chapter opens, and by the time we get to this portion, the angel is visiting with Mary. And the angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. When you hear those words, what does that mean to you, Greg? I think it, what it means to me is, is don't walk in panic and stress, but just know God's got a plan. Because can you imagine the angel coming to Mary and saying, you're favored and the Lord is with you and you're going to have a baby and the baby's going to be the son of God. I mean, that would just add a lot of stress <laughs> to most of our lives. But instead to go, wait a minute, God has a plan. I'm favored in his eyes. I'm secure with him. He can hold me in his hands. He's going to take care of me. And that's what the beauty is, is Mary found God faithful. And we find God faithful in the Savior that he sent uh, in Mary's womb. And that's the blessing of it. So a little bit of fear and intrepidation. Anytime you see an angel, the, usually the response is, do not be afraid, uh, you know, because uh, that's a big deal. And then to be able to see that turn to the peace that God has in his plan and that we can have in trusting him. Man, I love that, that God has a plan for us. And, you know, sometimes we can think that God uh, certainly has a plan for the world, right? We, uh, I, I think, are pretty readily willing to accept that, this whole thought that he is omniscient, um, omnipotent, uh, that he is omnipresent and certainly has a plan for the world. But personalizing that sometimes gets hard. And here we have in the Luke story of Jesus's life, his biography on Jesus's life, right up front, that this whole thought of God having a plan for the world comes to bear on the life of this young girl, that it's personal. It's deeply, deeply personal. I want to go to another devotion in your uh, your book that really touched me. And I've told this story before, and then I'm going to read this verse. Um, I, um, our oldest son passed away in 2019, and that sent us into uh, a journey of learning, understanding grief, and I love the grief counselor that we have. He's been phenomenal, and uh, the journey has been so life-changing in such a good way for us. Out of that pain, there's come some redemptive things. But I remember sitting in his office, and I've shared this before, and he asked me this question, Chris, is God pleased with you? And I paused for a moment. And it's it's funny because... Here I am, all my theological training, and if he would have asked me, Greg, about the doctrine of justification, uh, you know, by grace, through faith, in Christ alone, I could have expounded, you know, or if he would have just simply asked, does God love you? I could have given chapter and verse. But this whole pleasure of God is, uh, man, that was a category that I hadn't thought deeply in. And I bring it up because December 3rd, Um, in your um, devotion looks at Luke 3. And the verse you pull there is Luke 3.22. And it's these famous words. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Talk about that 
and what we as believers can take away from that. Oh, I love that. And I, it's so hard, and especially when you go through grief, um, to think, is God pleased with me? Or we fall into sin and to wonder if God's pleased with me. And what I love about that verse is it's a present tense statement before Jesus had done any miracles, before he had done all the things that we know of Christ. Now, he'd been living all these years a sinless life. We know that by the deity of Christ. But before anything happened, um, in the in the the miracle story type thing, Jesus hears a word from his father. I'm pleased with you, and that that pleasure is something that's present tense. It's not past. It's not just when you do this or when you do that. It's present tense, and we have to hear that as believers because we are the children of God, and through Christ, God is pleased with us, and that's present tense. And that's whether you preach to a thousand people tomorrow or you preached a million or you don't preach to anybody. He is pleased with who you are. Not always pleased with what we do, but pleased with who we are because our identity has been shaped and changed by Jesus. And when you know who you are, it changes what you do. And we keep thinking if we do something different, it'll change who we are. Well, God's not looking for that. He wants your identity to be the first thing that you are a child of God. And when you're a child of God, then from that, you live out the things of the faith. And you can sit in a time of great hurt and say, you know, God's pleased with me and he's with me. He's faithful. God's, you can sit in a time of great victory and say, God's pleased yeah. with me. And, and, you know, as pastors, a lot of times I think God's pleasure kind of rises and falls on how good the sermon went Sunday. And <laughs> I, you know, and I had to get out of that game because I felt like I was only as good as my last sermon. And, yeah. you know, some sermons are a home run and some sermons are a triple, some are a double and yeah. some are single. You know, but and you never got the word of God. It, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's never going to be a strikeout if you got your Bible in your hands. That's you know, right. um, right. so because the word doesn't return void. But yeah. I've got to step into that pulpit. I've got to step into that parenting situation. Step into my marriage. For some to step into singlehood. Step into grief. Step into joy, knowing that I am a child of God. I have a heavenly Father, and He is pleased with me, and He's going to take care of me. Yeah, you know, when I, I find myself feeling uh, going from insecurity to security whenever I think about my salvation being based in him, whenever I base the origin or the sustainability of my salvation in me, man, insecurity abounds. But when I place my hope, my salvation, uh, the hope for today and the hope for my future in him, and uh, and his love, it's so securing. And and I think in large part, Greg, because I know that he's all knowing. So it's not like I can surprise him. You know, when we stand at that altar across from our spouse, or if we're a new parent and we're holding that baby in our hands, we hope for the best, but we don't know what the days ahead are going to entail. And uh, we we may be surprised. Well, unlike us, God is not experiencing time sequence like us. He knows the end from the beginning, and so there's nothing I can do to surprise him. So the same God who is pleased with me today has already determined that he'll be pleased with me going into the future. I want to look at another. I know we're getting close to uh, having to take another another break, but I want to look at just one more that really stood out to me, and maybe you could just talk a minute about this. So much of what we've been talking about is the fact that it feels like our salvation is wrapped up in performance, which leads to busyness. 
And on December 10th, you look at Luke 10, and you look at the famous story of Mary and Martha. And, man, this Martha's taken a whole lot of uh, beating, boy, over the years. She's yes. been criticized. But, uh, but, but Martha, according to verse number 40, was distracted by many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. What do you want us to think about when we read that? Uh, it's so good. You know, I'm really excited because I'm going to preach this actually on December 10th it, as a sermon because it's, it's either, you know, Mary of Bethany or Martha of busyness. And yeah. to be able to on that Sunday, just on that 10th of December, say, are you busy? Or are you worshiping? Mar- Mary worshiped and Martha was running around. And boy, that's exactly what happens to us in Christmas. We get yes. so busy and we start running, running ragged. And especially on the 10th, you only got two weeks till it's Christmas Eve. You better get with the program. <laughs> and, you know, and instead to say, no, Lord, I'm going to do a lot today. I'll accomplish a lot, but I want to worship you and have my heart. So I would want us to say, it's about the heart, not about the mall is what we need to hear on yeah. December 10th. Yeah, no, I love that. And what I appreciate about that the most is that we live in a culture that tells us to be highly productive. Every moment has to be accounted for. Efficiency is king if we're going to have effectiveness. And uh, for those who are lazy, maybe they need to hear more of that. But for most of us, what we need to hear is it's okay for you to schedule in times of worship. It's okay for you to slow down so that you can have communion with the Lord and with others. And so today, as you're listening to Pastor Greg and I, I want you to ask yourself, are you Mary of Bethany or are you Martha of busyness? Which one is ruling your life? And maybe this can be a moment of the renovation of the heart. Maybe what Greg is doing more than anything else is helping us to see Christmas through fresh eyes. I want you to get the devotional salvation has come. Pastor Greg Mott, find out more at equipradio.org. Stick and stay. Much more to come next up on Equip. Friends, welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I want to say thank you for those of you who are responding to our Christmas challenge, helping us to finish the year strong, prayerfully and financially. Man, we've been able to see so many lives impacted through this program. I think it was just a few short weeks ago that we helped to send 50,000 Bibles around the world from the Middle East to Africa to Eastern Europe to Asia. Thank you for your help and support with that. I think about the many who are hearing this program and the gospel uh, in their neighborhoods, in their communities throughout the U.S. and into Canada, and you are helping to make that happen. And so this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. If you can support the program, now be a great time for you to do that tax-deductible, generous year-end gift. And so many benefits to it, the greatest of which is knowing we are advancing the light in a moment that it is so desperately needed. To uh, support the program, simply dial the number 
888-644-4144. Can you do that now? 888-644-4144 or go to equippedradio.org. Pastor Greg Mott is my guest today. He's the senior pastor of Houston's First Baptist Church. And Greg, I should have asked at the front end of this conversation, how are the good folks of First Baptist doing? We're doing great. We're in a sweet, sweet season of growth and ministry. Uh, just, you know, one example, we have what we call faith centers around our city where we give food and clothing away to people that are in need. And I just found out uh, that we've given away this year three million pounds of food um, from wow, one of our locations. Wow. So, yeah, that's really fun. And we love doing things like that and just exciting, exciting stuff happen. I'm teaching First Timothy right now, and that's fun to do. So we're, we're in a great season in our church. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for your heart for the next generation as well. When you uh, helped to start Breakaway Ministries, uh, did you have any idea that one day you'd be able to sit back, look at how God blessed through that ministry and, and know that literally thousands upon thousands of college students have been blessed? Yes, it, it, it's blowing, blown me away and is blowing me away. My son is now a student attending Breakaway 34 years after I started it when I was a college student. So to walk into the basketball stadium, see thousands of kids 34 years later, um, still worshiping the Lord, just, just all the God stories that we've seen, and to have my own son and his friends. Now, part of that is it's a huge blessing and just, just can't believe it. I mean, it's a total work of the Lord, and it is so fun to watch. And it started in your apartment, is that right? That's right. Yeah, we. I was a sophomore in college, and my roommates and I decided we'd have a little Bible study. So we had a, 12 people in our apartment, and it kept growing and growing and growing. We had to move apartments to, to somebody else's apartment. We moved the Bible study, and then we got a bigger apartment the next year. Then we moved to middle schools, elementary schools, till finally now we're in the basketball stadium at Texas A&M, and have been there for, you know, goodness, 20-plus years now. And uh, thousands of students are, are attending. And we, you know, we don't know the total math, but millions of students, if you add them all up, have come through the doors and out the doors. Because, you know, college, you get, you get new students every four years. Yeah, so it's yeah. a whole new group. So, yeah, it started from my apartment and uh, took off and just, just an amazing thing. I want one more question about this because I know this is one sure. of your great, great loves. For so many, the verdict on reaching the next generation is pretty bleak. Obviously, you've seen flourishing, and I know you've probably been asked this thousands of times, but what do you think has been the difference for Breakaway? I think the difference has been authenticity, um, and, and that's been the main thing. You know, authenticity and strong Bible teaching as well, but it's done in a winsome way, a fun way, a connecting way. But it's, you're getting the word. It's the real deal. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot of authenticity. They feel like they can really connect. It's Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. So it's out of that church zone of Sunday morning, kind of get a little more dressed up, wake up in the morning. So I think that's really what's done it on the practical side. The spiritual side is it's just prayer. I mean, we, when this thing really took off, it's when we would meet an hour before it would start, my roommates and some friends, and we would just pray for an hour. And asked the Lord to do something great. And boy, we didn't know it, but we were getting on a rocket. 
And the Lord said, okay, I got you praying. I'm going to do something. And he did it. And it's still the same thing. We're still praying and still meeting like that. Well, I hope that uh, Grayson and his friends and a whole generation of students, man, they discover God's purpose, calling his glory and, uh, man, just uh, dedicate their lives fully to serving him. I, I want to talk about another one of your loves, and that is a love for pastors. And you would have noticed, uh, I don't think the rest of those who are listening would have noticed that the devotions I was reflecting on or asking you to reflect on actually follow the Sundays in December. So looking at the 3rd, looking at the 10th, then uh, the 17th, and then the 24th, you really, when you put this devotion, salvation has come, you had pastors in mind in part, didn't you? Yes, I really did. Because, you know, pastors, and you're you're one too, so you know, you kind of start trying to figure out how am I going to tell the same story in a powerful way with a little different perspective. So we're like, you know, one year we'll tell it from the angel's perspective. Then we'll tell it from the donkey that Jesus, you know, was at the birth. And then we'll tell it from this, the innkeeper and, you know, all these different things. It's just, it's how do we do it in a fresh way? And so I thought, you know what, let's just follow the book of Luke and and put it on those December days. So December 3rd, like we talked about, God's pleased with us. And so we can look at that at Christmas and then the busyness, uh, increase our faith is what happens in the 17th. And then we land on that Christmas Eve that is on on a Sunday this year. And so it fits just perfect to then at Christmas Eve, talk about the resurrection. Now get this, not just the cradle, but the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. That is incredible to think about. The verse literally says 12, uh, verse 12, Luke 24. Um, And so he went away amazed at what had happened, talking about the tomb being empty. That leads right into Christmas because, you know, without the cross and without the resurrection, the cradle really doesn't mean much. Lots of babies are born, but only one baby was born of a virgin, died on a cross and rose on the third day. So these Sundays, I'm going to preach it in my church. Everybody's going to read the devotional and then we're going to preach these verses on those Sundays and I've wanted to give pastors something they could go, oh, yes, that's fresh. I can do that. I want to I want to take that to my congregation because I know the burden that we feel as pastors to make it to every Christmas party, every event, and then preach amazing messages the whole time. You know, this is this is so helpful. And and the way you've approached it is let's just take one verse out of each of these, excuse me, chapters to expound upon, to uh, think deeply about. Why did you take that approach as opposed to trying to exposit, if you will, uh, the entire chapter? Yeah, I felt like it just gave us something readable for Christmas. You know, it wasn't too much. As we talked in the beginning of the program, we, we just become overwhelmed with the pressure of Christmas. And I felt like if I added one more thing to do to check the box it would become more of a burden than a blessing. So somebody can take this devotional and read just the devotional, the one verse, or they can take the devotional and also read the corresponding verse in the book of Luke, which will be even better. Uh, So you can kind of choose your own adventure, if you will, um, as deep as you want to take it. And so that's why I thought one verse, bite size, let's really think about something. Instead of getting too much and being overwhelmed, let's, let's take one thing and let God really speak to us through that verse. 
Yeah, well, I love it. And I, I think that the way that you've put it together is is absolutely awesome. And so here's what I want to do. Uh, we're getting ready to take our final break of the day. But I, I want to say this, that this is certainly put together in a way, Greg, where someone can do it alone. They can do it themselves yes. and find deep connection with Christ, find new, fresh insights into the word I shared with you before uh, we started uh, talking here on air that Luke is my favorite gospel. I love his thinking. I love the way that he, um, yeah, writes his his gospel. And so uh, Luke is so great to dive deeply into. But I'm going to give another way you could approach this. What would it look like for you to do it as a group? You know, maybe you have, um, we call our small groups here at our church life groups. Maybe you have a life group or a small group you're a part of, and you can say, hey, let's read this together. Certainly, we've alluded to families doing it together, and I think there's a whole lot of meaning in that as well, Greg. But what about this? What would it look like if an entire church did it together? Maybe other pastors are listening to this just like you and I, and they're thinking through man, I want to have something that's meaningful for my church family as we walk through Christmas together. And I don't care if your church family is 60 folks, 600 folks, or 6,000 folks, whatever the case may be, uh, the fact of the matter is is that what we want to just simply do is uh, cherish and savor Christ together. And uh, to me, it seems like, Greg, doing this as a church would be awesome. Oh, it, yeah, that's that's really my heart, like you were saying, the pastor's heart, is that a church would come together and everybody in the church would be on the same page with the devotional. And then think about it as us as pastors, they we know what they've been reading all week long. And then we step into the pulpit uh, and are able to preach that message, like we said, on the December day, corresponding with the chapter of Luke. And I've actually put together a whole plan for pastors at salvationhascome.com. Somebody can click on that and see that, and they can get the whole plan of the sermon series that they could do. And then you're right. If a small group does it, and even they don't have to get together every day around the tree, that's not going to work. But to be able to read it and then get on a group text together and say, man, I love this part, or this verse really spoke to me, or what y'all think about this? And then when they get back together on that Sunday or Wednesday or whenever they meet, they can then take that devotional and go a little bit deeper with it. So I I think you're right. You know, Christmas is a wonderful, blessed time because we connect with one another and those we love. And when we can connect with who we love and those that are our friends and family around a devotional thought, it's just, it's awesome. It's such a blessing. And, you know, this this whole thing, I'm a big believer that the church is a spiritual family. And so this whole thing of shared experiences, just like, with your physical or biological family, you want to have some shared experience, Christmas traditions, if you will. Well, this can be become a great shared experience in a world that is so hyper-individualistic, so isolating at times, so disconnected. Man, imagine just having the connection that, um, that we're talking about here. Friends, we're going to take our final break of the day, but you stick and stay because when we come back, I'm going to talk about with Pastor Greg, how to make this time of year meaningful for the kids. So we haven't forgotten you parents, grandparents who want to make sure you're passing down a legacy of faith as well. 
What a joy it's been to have Pastor Greg Mott with us today talking about the new devotional series, Advent Devotion, Salvation Has Come, 25 Christmas devotions from the Gospel of Luke. I promise you it will be such a huge blessing for you and for your family. I want you to enjoy this rendition of Joy to the World. I want you to go to our website, equipradio.org, learn more about Pastor Greg, about Houston's First Baptist, as well as Salvation is Come. Don't go anywhere, much more to come. Next up on Equip. Listen to Equip, you know I love to introduce you to some incredible guests and topics, but there's one person that I want you to meet more than anyone else. His name is Jesus, and he wants to have a genuine personal relationship with you. He even died on the cross to take the punishment for all of our sins so that we can join his eternal family. If you want to know more, simply call 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. What a great conversation it's been with Pastor Greg Bond. So grateful that he carved out some time out of his schedule during this season to help us to remember that Christ is at the center of Christmas and that Christ wants to have communion with us and that we can have deep meaning in this time of year. I want you to get your copy. If you haven't already done so, go to our website, equipradio.org. And pastors, hopefully you are connecting. We got a website link to salvationiscome.com in our uh, bio page for Pastor Greg at our website. And that way you can find out the preaching calendar and be a part of this. And man, what a great way of us guiding our church family through this season. All right. We looked at a couple of the days that can be shaped in the sermons, but I want to talk about kids for just a moment. December 18th. Luke 18, this is a, a passage of Scripture that, again, is, is very famous and notable. It's verses 16 and 17. It says, Jesus, however, invited them, saying this, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. When you hear those words, Pastor Greg, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's so it means childlike faith, you know, which is what we're all supposed to have, whether we're adults or whether children. And so he says, "Let the little children come to me." He's obviously talking about real children by age, yes. but he's also saying this kind of faith is: I want you to have this when you're coming. When you come as a child to your dad, to your mom, you're coming expecting that you're coming to the most powerful person on earth. You know, this one can move the heavens. Um, and that's the way we need to come to God to say, you are so powerful and we're just children <clears throat> to be able to say, Lord, do your work in this moment when I, when I cast my cares upon you, I put my requests before you. And so Christmas isn't just for kids, but it does remind us that we're all children of God. Yeah, let's talk about with the time that we have left two things. The first one is the question of 
Why should someone even believe in Christ? Why should someone trust that Jesus is who he declared himself to be, the Son of God, and, and uh, yeah, and trust their, their life and their future to him? Well, the first reason is we know that Jesus is a historical figure. He really did walk the earth. No one contradicts that. That's true. The second thing is, I believe, and you believe, and we believe, that he's not only a historical figure, he is the Messiah come to earth. And I love the fact that he was prophesied. The Messiah was prophesied all through the Old Testament. So it was predicted is what that means. This isn't just a random thing. We're just calling some random guy the Messiah. This was shown by where he was born uh, and how he would die and where he would die. And, you know, you can't control those two things, where you're born and how you're going to die, especially when you die at the hands of crucifixion. So you take the, the historical aspect of it, you take the prophecy of it, and then you take the personal need of it. I know there's a hole in my heart. I know that I'm sin, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody needs to convince me of that. I, I realize that. I feel that. And I need a Messiah. I need a heart surgeon. And by believing in Jesus Christ, seeing all through the Old Testament and through the New Testament, I see the fulfillment of prophecy and I see the fulfillment of the need that I have deep in my soul. And so those things, among many others, we could go on all day. Uh, but to be able to look at those things and say, that's why I would encourage somebody to come to Christ. I didn't become a Christian until I was 16. I was living wild, partying, doing crazy stuff. Didn't grow up in a home that went to church uh, frequently, but I knew there was a hole in my heart. And somebody told me I could receive Christ and Jesus could live inside me and I could be saved. He could be my, my father and I could be his son. And I prayed that. Uh, you know, many, many years ago, I was 16 years ago, since 16 years old, and asked Jesus to save my soul, and he did. So I'm grateful for you making that decision and thinking about all the multiplied people who have been blessed as a result. All right, with about 30 seconds left, just a word for parents about how to make this season and our faith meaningful for their kids. I would say, one, don't don't make it too long. Keep it short and keep it fun. Uh, and you'll keep it meaningful. So if you'll just keep it short and keep it fun, um, and then you'll be able to put that truth right alongside those things. That's kind of the modern day parable for kids. You know, they don't want it to be an hour long and they don't want it to be, you know, super boring systematic theology class, you know, which is interesting to the rest of us, but, but not so much to kids. Um, and to let that be the place where the meaningful happens and then hug them, just love them. Let it be a special time, make some cookies uh, you know, make it make it just a special moment around the tree. Well, I appreciate the fact that you've given us the resources to do that, brother. And man, I, I, am I grateful that what started out as an Instagram post from your sister-in-law has turned into a resource that can bless multiplied churches and believers across the country and even beyond. Uh, Pastor Greg, you are off the hot seat, brother. I hope you and Kelly and the kids and the entire First Baptist family enjoy this season, brother. Amen. To you too as well. Thanks for having me on. Friends, I want to encourage you to go to our website at equipradio.org. Also, continue to support the program. Your year-end tax-deductible gifts helps us to finish strong. And until we're together again next time, as always, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.